morning, 639 here on News Radio 92.3. Still cold? Cold. Cold. It's jeans and sweaters weather. Really too cold. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not happy about this way we're kicking off December, quite frankly. Joining us by phone right now, we've got Eric Gilmore. He is the Escambia County Director of Public Safety. That means he oversees the um, EMS and fire and uh, emergency response, hurricanes, all of that kind of stuff. Eric, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. Glad to be here. Thank you. Great to have you. Well, let's start with this. It's December 1st. Uh, That means that it's a beginning and an end. First of all, it's the end of hurricane season and uh, post-hurricane season thoughts, Rap? We fared very well this season. Uh, um, You know, I'm happy when we don't have a storm. Unfortunately, South Florida did. Um, I have no problem sending resources elsewhere to help our neighbors out. Uh, but we didn't have anything, thank goodness, this season. Uh, you know, it was relatively a quiet season. Uh, you know, up in the beginning, we had three storms. During the middle, we had nothing. And then it kind of finished up pretty strong, uh, you know, with Ian down there at the Cat 4. So, um, you know, we uh, we kept preaching all summer long, all season long, you know, be prepared, be prepared, be prepared. And, you know, the Ian kind of showed us right there, you know, we – Typically, at the end of October, in October, we're like, uh, we're, we're done with our season. We're kind of done here, and everybody kind of goes into a lull around, you know, Halloween and everything, and they feel like they forget the, month, the end of October, and the, the whole month of November, people just forget about that month being in, in the season as well. But Ian kind of showed us, hey, you know, it's not quite done until it's quite done. So, uh, But we fared well. And, and you know, the, the predictions this year were a little above average. Right. And uh, I think when you look at all the main storms and all the hurricanes that formed and the major hurricanes, I think you're going to find we was below average uh, yeah. on their predictions. So you never you never know. So you just need to be prepared during the season. You, it could happen at any time. Did you bring anything back from your experience working in the EOC in Tallahassee and overseeing some of the logistics stuff for downstate? Did you bring anything back from that that we're going to be able to implement here to make us more ready? Absolutely. Uh, so some of the things we brought back is uh, some of the, uh, when I say procurement processes, some of the ordering processes, some of the things the state has changed their ruling on, on what they'll, uh, you know, pre-stage or what uh, equipment and resources they'll put out to uh, the communities or what they'll do. Uh, so we brought some of those ideas back. And, you know, some of the counties requested some resources. Like one county requested, uh, they was requesting uh, 150 uh uh, generator units for lift stations and everything are like, aha, the state's going to do that. Then we'll make sure we ask for those, you know, for our lift stations. So the things that the state allowed to happen during that event, we was making note like, all right, well, no, the state will pay for that. The state will pay for that. Uh, so not to say that we should not be prepared and not have our resources on hand, sure. but if we just find ourselves in a crack and we don't have the adequate resources to fully implement the, uh, the plan that we need, we know what the state will do. So, and, and then, you know, navigating those uh, procurement processes and making sure that we've dotted the I's and crossed the T's on the front end so that we can get our FEMA reimbursement. So, we, you know, learning some things on some of the FEMA side going, well, if you do it this way, FEMA will look at that and not give you full reimbursement. But if you do it this way and word it this way, FEMA will give you uh, the 75% and then the state will do the matching. So we, we've learned some, you know, some things like, because we were working on logistics. So, uh, but just the, the, the amount of resources and the things that the state allowed during this last event, we took note of a lot of it and some of the procurement and the way FEMA was looking at things and how they were going to, how FEMA was going to pay for it or not pay for it or bulk at it or look at it a different way. So we, we learned those things. No, that makes perfect sense. You're basically, you know, you're operating on the seller's side for a little while. So you know better how to behave when you're on the buyer's side, so to speak, or on the, you know, on the customer side. I, I love that. That's great. I said it was the beginning and the end. It's the end of hurricane season. It's the beginning of keep the wreath green season, right? 
Absolutely. So we kick off the Keep the Recreen campaign today. Uh, we'll run through the month of December. Uh, last year, we wound up with 17 red bulbs on the reef. So let's see if we can do a lot better this year than we've done in, uh, last year. Uh, and what that means is uh, anytime we have a residential structure fire where a family is displaced, uh, we'll, we'll uh, mark that by putting a red bulb on the reef. So when you see those reefs out there and you see those red bulbs, and if we see, unfortunately, a large amount of red bulbs, Note that that's a resident. That's a that's a that's people misplaced. Uh, misplaced during the uh, during holiday season. So, uh, you know, we want to make sure that everybody does what they're supposed to with their electrical. <laughs> Don't overload your circuits. If you have a live tree, keep it watered. Uh, keep it away from any open flames. Uh, everybody likes to uh, like those holiday candles too during this time. Make sure you're safe with the holiday candles. Uh, make sure they're away from uh, you know uh, flammable stuff. And then also your heating. And we're, yeah, like you mentioned this morning, it's cold this morning. So jeans and sweaters, uh, weather, right? So make sure your, all your heating sources are appropriately, um, away from uh, setbacks from uh, anything flammable and that you're using them appropriately. You know, uh, it's an interesting contrast. Last year, the city it was very bragging about how they had zero red lights on the city, uh, wreath. And then, you know, as you said, what'd you say, 17 in the county? And one thing people maybe don't realize as much about our area is Escambia County is. I'm going to say it this way, really ridiculously high in the number of fires. We have a way overactive fire department because they're responding to all of the fires that take place in this area. It's it's ridiculous. And, you know, part of that is a byproduct of the nature of the structures, you know, old or run down. Part of that is a byproduct of behavior. Poverty is certainly a factor in all of this. But when you look at that 17... What what can really be done to reduce that number? You know, because it seems to me that that's much more a byproduct of the incidents than it is to quick response time. Even though quick response time is the goal, that's not really the you know fires aren't caused by the fire department coming slow. That's just a matter of the outcome of the fire, right? That is absolutely right. That's a byproduct of the fire department. Yeah, so uh, prevention. Uh, you know, that's what we're trying to. You know, we we uh, prevention. We try to get out there and try to get the message out about these heat. Like I just mentioned, the heating sources, uh, your live trees, uh, you don't overload your circuits. You know, uh, you know, we say common sense. Use common sense sometimes, but common sense sometimes is not all that common. What's what's uh, the so one thing? To be, what if you, you you could get every single person in the county to hear you on one thing you want them to do better? What's the one thing? As the one thing would be for this type of season, for right now, it would be your heating sources. Uh, we we find misuse of heating sources. People like to pile blankets and uh, overheaters and stuff like that to keep the, the heat right there. Or uh, they turn the stove on and to try to heat the house. Mm. Or uh, just miss, you know, propane bottles when they're using the propane heaters or something and the source is too close. For this time of season, it is your heating sources is the one thing on people just to pay attention to, look at the surroundings, uh, see how they're utilizing it, and make sure you're utilizing it appropriately and in a safe manner. Okay. Well, and that's what I, because I know sometimes in the, the list of all the things you can do right, I can imagine somebody kind of, you know, like you hear too many, so you don't hear any. And I want them to hear like that one. Okay. This is the one to be smarter about because that's what other people did and got their house on fire and lost their house. So be better about that. We're talking Absolutely. to Eric Gilmore. He is the Escambia Director of Public Safety. Hang on for just a second, Eric. Let's get Candy Cullerton in here with Traffic on the Fives. Uh, taking a look at Traffic on the Fives. Traffic on the Fives is brought to you by Discover. And the good news is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays. 29 accident free from the Atmore cutoff in Molina through Cantonment. Not showing any uh, issues. Discover card. 
Uh, it says you can redeem your awards for cash in any amount at any time. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. If you have traffic tips, 437-1620. Candy Cullerton News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Eric Gilmore, Director of Public Safety. Uh, Eric, one of the divisions you oversee is EMS. EMS has had a lot of challenges over the last few years in Escambia County. It looks to me, looking at the weekly reporting, that the holds, as in, you know, we're having to hold eight calls last week several different times. I don't see the hold calls getting better. I had expected with the new hires and with the new equipment coming on board that we would kind of start to end with COVID going away, being a big problem of demand on resources, that we'd start to see a reduction in the holds. But I'm not seeing it. Right. So here's where we are with our EMS system. So we're still 12 paramedics down. Um, I'm happy to report that we have nine paramedics, nine in-house paramedics graduating this month. Uh, so we'll have nine additional paramedics on the uh, uh, on the workforce. Great. Uh, we're looking at changing some scheduling. So uh, Chief Torcell and uh, Ch- Deputy Chief Stevens have met with the uh, the union there, and they're talking to them about schedule change so we can bring on the trucks. We've never had the staffing to do peak trucks to bring peak trucks on, so we can make sure we overcome those uh, high acuity or those high call volumes during those peak times. So we're looking at scheduling, uh, changing the schedule on that, which will help out tremendously with the nine paramedic students that will be transitioning from EMTs to paramedics. Uh, but, you know, last week, sometimes we just get into a situation where it's uh, uh, the law of averages, I guess you would say. Uh, you know, last week, our EMS system ran over 1,100 calls. And during the 1,100 calls last week, we held 31 or 32 calls. Uh, those 31, 32 calls were Alpha Bravo responses. Okay. Which are your, uh, sick calls. I'm sick. I've got a headache. I've got a backache. I fell three days ago. I need somebody to come get me and take me to the hospital now. And some of them are just, I, when they would get there, they just say, I need to be checked out. And we get there and we run a blood pressure or whatever. And they say, no, I just want to be checked out. Uh, and then some of the other, uh, and like I said, our, our dispatch does a very good job of priority dispatching. So we're not, we're, our, our priority is not to hold that Delta Charlie level call where somebody needs an immediate response. Um, but then we also have, so those are the Alpha Bravos, and then we also have some what we call facility, inner facilities. So I've got a sick person. I've got an Alpha call at a nursing home. I've got a, uh, somebody who's stable at a nursing home that needs to be transported to the hospital uh, because they're, you know, diarrhea, vomiting, or whatever it may be. So those are inner facility where they already have a, a nursing staff there taking care of them, and they can hold a little bit longer. So of those 32 calls, 31, 32 calls last week, those were the type of calls that we're holding. So we're okay. trying to now. And, and, and maybe and maybe that's fair. Maybe maybe that's fair in the in the in maybe in the reporting we ought to distinguish Alpha Bravo holds, which right. again I'm with you. Like people misuse the system, and if you tell them they have to wait because they shouldn't have called 911 in the first place, I don't mind that. That's not a failure of the system. That's a failure of the user. Um, but I definitely would like to know if there's you know um, you know Gamma Delta and Epsilon calls okay. that are being held. That's a problem, right? That is a problem, and as the, if when we get if we're there holding those type calls, we are we, that's a very big problem. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so you know, like I said, eleven hundred calls, thirty one, thirty two calls held. Uh, Alpha Bravo type level calls. I, I feel like we've gotten better from where we were. We were holding Delta level calls, starting Delta level calls earlier, okay. way earlier, over a year ago. We, we've gotten better at that. Uh, so we're not holding those higher acuity calls. And, you know, bringing that additional staff on is going to really, you know, that, that's going to help out. And, and last week, we, you know, we're not immune to sickness either. So we had some crew members that called out, uh, you know, they, they, they had whatever the flu or whatever virus is going around. Uh, you hear a lot of people with the head cold or coughing or, you know, respiratory. 
our crews get sick too. So that's what happened uh, last week as well. We had some crews go down, so that kind of you know put us behind on the crew uh, crews on the road. But we try to call, we try to get <laughs> bring people in to augment and bolster that, so we don't uh, hold those calls. Now the ultimate goal, as I said, is zero calls help, zero calls help. Uh, but you know we're going to try to start a campaign where we try to educate the public. We've already done, we tried to do it before where we when to call an ambulance. What's the appropriate use of an ambulance? And you know, just getting that message out here is is that's hard. Yeah, and and again, I you know I'm I'm if 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 I know that the calls being held are those calls, it's not going to bother me. I just want to you know if that's the case, I want to know it because that's a big improvement, right. like you said. Hey, last thing, just somebody asked me this question. I wanted to ask you since I've got you on the line. Uh, we're getting into this core program. We're gonna we're gonna be using the Suboxone to get uh, drug users who uh, OD on fentanyl uh, or other opioids, you know, onto something that makes it so they can't get high and they don't want the drug. Somebody asked me the question, Andrew. If that's out there, and you know, like Santa Rosa uses it in their jail, um, if that's out there, why don't we advertise that that's available? Because I bet people don't know it's available. You know, all the different things the county promotes and advertises, can we not actively push Suboxone for people who are drug users? I mean, I don't know how many people it would catch, but if it's five, it's five, you know? No, absolutely. Uh, any number is an improvement in what it was. So, uh, no, I totally agree with you there, and that's something that we will – we're still uh, – the, the program's not fully implemented yet. That's, sure. So that's where we're at. So we're, we're, we're still trying to hire our staff, uh, you know, the wills of government are fast as they can be. <laughs> so right, I understand. Our staff on board, I think uh, the hospitals have outran us, and community health more than outran ran us. So they're kind of looking at us going, come on, Scambia. Uh, so we're getting our staff hired on. We hope to have that. Uh, we've already we're doing interviews. We should have that going, and by the early first of the year, when we get our staff on them, we've okay. got the people in the vehicles, and we've got them with their iPads and their telemedicine, and we got the box and we were going to absolutely yes. Advertising is going to be huge. We well, anyway, I, 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 I love this program. You know, yeah. I'm a big supporter, but just kind of a don't wait for them to OD. Maybe we proactively do something to kind of, you know, get them on the program before they OD, if that's possible. That would seem to be a solution. Eric Gilmore, Director of Public Safety in Escambia County. Eric, as always, thanks for the work you do. Uh, thanks for taking on the job. Uh, and uh, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again soon, sir. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate it. You have a good day, sir.